It was another dreary, hazy day. Like so many other dreary, hazy days before it. The kind of dreary, hazy day where you could open up the window and stretch out your arm through the dreary, hazy haze. Dreary, hazy haze like a thick, heavy vapor of thick, gray split pea soup. Minus the split peas and minus the soup. Where your outstretched arm just seemingly disappears into the dreary, hazy, soupless muck. So dreary, so hazy, that you can't even see your own fingers at the end of it. A lesser man might start to doubt he even had fingers. But I'm no lesser man. I'm Rank McBadden, Faith Detective. Hello. The knock on my door may have surprised a lesser professional, or a woman. Like any of the so many unsuspecting, non-priesthood-wielding women, thinking they're alone, enjoying a fleeting moment of peace. Completely naked, standing in a glass shower, arm extended upward, rinsing conditioner from their hair with cool water rather than warm water because it's somehow better for your hair that way. Eyes closed, water beating around their ears, not able to see or hear you silently staring at them through the crack in the bathroom door until, of course, she does and kind of freaks out at you yelling, Don't do that! Why do you always do that? Which only makes you scowl, of course, and disapproval because if I really always do that, then why aren't you more prepared for it when it happens? Like me. Rank McBatten, former Eagle Scout, and Eagle Scouts are always prepared. Hello? Excuse me, hello? The door opened, and she glided into the room like a tall drink of water. Kind of fancy, fancy water like that bougie fruit water. With a few slices of lemon, square chunks of cucumber, a sprig of mint, maybe a dash of sage... Uh, sometimes adding some whole cloves can add a little bit of a afterkick. Maybe a few freshly cut strawberries or some beets. And easy on the ice, pear-shaped, just how I like them. And she had some really killer tits. Hello, is anyone there? Exactly. Is anyone there? The perfect question for days like today. Lazy, turgid, like a one-time energetic and philanthropic turtle. Run down in the prime of life, captured and mounted and displayed on a wall like some sad suburban hunting trophy, all overstuffed to the max with boredom. Thus is the life of a faith detective. I've been there, done that. I've seen every faith-crushing anti-Mormon argument to its devastatingly logical conclusion and bounced right back up again, unscathed, zero scathing like a toe-headed Dickensian workhouse pauper coveting his neighbor's gruel, daring to ask for some more. Such is the life I lead, a cash-only life. This is the profession I call home. Hello, are you Rank McBadden, faith detective? That's what it says on the door, lady. Go away. But I need your help. It's Johnny. I think he's... I think he's... Dead. She handed me a photo of a man. He looked dead. The way a man looks when there's no longer any life in him. Or when maybe he's just really hungover. Or super stoned. That's probably what a lesser man would see. But I'm Rank McBadden, faith detective. 
And what I saw was a man who started believing that God was not a big G omnipotent or omniscient God, but was rather a little G, still learning new things, still gaining new power and experiences, kind of doing all this on the fly kind of God. It was obvious by that arrogant smirk on his fat, lifeless face. Excuse me, ma'am. Did your husband believe that God is progressing in knowledge and is still learning new truths? Why, yes, of course, but he wasn't my husband. He was my life coach and secret podcast lover. We met at a weekend retreat, and he's just so dreamy. Was so dreamy. I'm afraid your life coach fell victim to the first, oldest, deadliest heresy in the book. That's right. He died from the first of seven totally real, totally deadly, non-hyperbolic, and mostest unsuperlative deadliest of heresies. There's seven of them, ma'am. Let me tell you about the first. <laughs> this is Infants on Thrones. The philosophies of men mingled with humans. We are the core. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Osland, and today we've got a smackdown for you. It's been a while since we've had uh, smackdowns, right? So I've got John Hamer and Bob and Randy and myself, and we're reviewing Bruce R. McConkie's 1980 speech that was delivered at BYU called The Seven Deadly Heresies. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And you know, why don't you come over to Patreon and support us for as little as $1 a month? It would be fantastic to have your support on Patreon, and that will ensure that we continue to do these kinds of smackdowns. Wink, wink. I mean, I'm not threatening you or anything. Wink, wink. I'm just saying, come on. Come on. Putting a lot of time into this. Help us out on Patreon. That'd be awesome. Love it. Love it. Here's the smackdown. There are those who say that God is progressing in knowledge and is learning new truth. This is false, utterly, totally, and completely. All right, yeah, so I I found the audio for uh, the Seven Deadly Heresies. So this was Bruce R. McConkie, uh, a speech at BYU in 1980. And it was really interesting. I didn't, I didn't listen to all of it or read through all of it. It's pretty long, so we might not get through all of it tonight. But yeah. um, the, uh, the text, I mean, it's another one where the text is slightly changed from the way that he presented it. And it was like, <laughs> and, and the, the biggest change, like there was, there was one joke, which was a pretty dismissive joke, you know, kind of like anybody who believes in that is like an ant in some... <laughs> primordial sludge or something, you know, like that, that didn't make it into the print. <laughs> I have been sorely tempted to say at this point that any who so suppose have the intellect of an ant and the understanding of a clod of miry clay in a primordial swamp. <laughs> but of course, I would never say a thing like that. The, the other the other change was that um, th- there were some places where McConkie's being really emphatic in the the, the speech, um, saying like it is this way, it is this way, it is this way, and the text changed it into questions. 
could it be this way? Could it be this way? Wow. So I, I think like the, the evolution part. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. I, I was because I was reading that and he goes through and I'm like, he just like asks like these series of rhetorical questions. Right, right, right. Could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be wow. this? Wow. And, and when he was speaking, he's like, it is absolutely this way. It's, so I, I'm wow. sure whoever was in charge of transcribing that wasn't completely comfortable with the hard line that uh, Bruce was taking and so tried to soften the blow a little bit. It's a little interesting. So we don't have like a copy of the actual, like an honest transcript? We only have this like redacted one? We ha- I, I have the honest audio and then I have the, and then we have the uh, <laughs> supplemented uh, transcript that's published through BYU Studies. Um, yeah, BYU Speeches. Uh, on the BYU website is is the source of this. That's like a side project in and of itself. Somebody to just take the best talks that have the biggest discrepancies and just do an index of those ones because it just the fact that Mormonism, the leaders have just been doing that for however long and then we just sort of onesie-twosie it. There's like the, what, what's the big one that you did back with Mormon Expression? The Holman. Um, yeah, that one was like the best. Yeah, it is. But, but then there's also like Boyd K. Packer gets a few... Yeah, nips and tucks on his sentence structures. Um, somebody should sh- should do that. Yeah, yeah. Some, so, somebody, somebody not except me. for me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> somebody hand that somebody to me so I can cares. comment on it because it's really interesting. <laughs> but I'm not going to do any of the work. Yeah, and and like would be really really productive um, contribution because it would show <laughs> that um, really what? good use of somebody else's yeah. time for my benefit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, before we really get into the meat of our SmackDown, we've talked here um, about the discrepancies between what Bruce R. McConkie actually said in 1980 and then what is published now on BYU Studies' uh, website. And I'm not going to go through all of the details. I mean, I think other people actually have done it. I I think there's a a Reddit post or some other things that I saw on it when I was Googling it. But um, I want to play you a couple of clips that just highlight the differences. And I'm going to start by playing some things that Bruce R. McConkie says and then compare that to what's written, which I'll be reading. And then I'm going to make a shift and I'm going to reverse the order. And I'm going to have it be the things that BYU study says and then what McConkie says. And it's just kind of interesting to compare it that way because McConkie's really saying, this is how it is. And then the BYU people are rejecting that and they're asking the question, well, is it really this way? I mean, it seems kind of a strange way to approach an apostle that you sustain, right? There are those who say that revealed religion and organic evolution can be harmonized. This is both false and devilish. There are those who believe that the theory of organic evolution runs counter to the plain and explicit principles set forth in the Holy Scriptures as these have been interpreted and taught by Joseph Smith and his associates, there are others who think that evolution is the system used by the Lord to form plant and animal life and to place man on earth. That's not what he said. But there is no way to harmonize the false religions of the Dark Ages with the truths of science as they have now been discovered. 
is there any way to harmonize the false religions of the Dark Ages with the truths of science as they've now been discovered? BYU people, why are you asking the question? He gave you the answer in the 1980 speech. But there is no way to harmonize the false religions of the Dark Ages. Remember? There is no way to harmonize... Is there any way to harmonize... There is no way... Is there... No way... Neat, huh? Okay, I'm going to reverse the order now, and I'm going to read uh, what the BYU translation of McConkie says first, and then you can hear what McConkie actually said after that for these next few segments. Should we accept the famous document of the first presidency issued in the days of President Joseph F. Smith and entitled The Origin of Man as meaning exactly what it says? Should we? I mean, um, apostle of God, should we? Uh, would you please tell us the answer to this? We just want the answer. Should we take this book at face value for what it said? Um, and, you know, would we be deceiving ourselves if we thought that maybe it was anything other than what it said? Can you help us out with that, McConkie, please? Do not be deceived and led to believe that the famous document of the First Presidency, issued in the day of President Joseph F. Smith and entitled The Origin of Man, means anything except exactly what it says. Yeah, but 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 should we though? Like I know you're saying that right now, but but really should we? The saving doctrine is. Wait, you're you're saying it's a saving doctrine? Okay. Um well let me ask the other questions. Is the doctrine of the gospel that Adam that stood Adam next stood to Christ next in power Christ and might and intelligence before the foundations of the world were laid? Before the foundations of the world were laid. That, that Adam, Adam was placed, was placed on this earth, on this earth as, an as an immortal, immortal being. being. That there was no death in the, there world, was no death for in the world for him or, or for, for any form of life, life until after the fall. After the fall. That the fall of that Adam, fall of Adam brought, brought temporal and spiritual death, death into, into the world. The world. That this, that this temporal, temporal death, death passed upon, upon all forms of, forms life, of life, upon man, upon man and, and animal, animal and fish and, and fowl and plant life, and plant life. That, that Christ came, came to ransom man, man and all forms and of all life forms from the efforts of, of the temporal death brought into the, the world through the fall. And in the case of man from a spiritual death also, and that, this and that this ransom includes, includes a, resurrection a resurrection for man for and man all forms of life? And for all forms of life. Can you harmonize these things with the evolutionary postulate that death has always existed and that the various forms of life have evolved from preceding forms over astronomically long periods of time? Try as you may, you cannot harmonize these things with the evolutionary postulate that death always existed and that the various forms of life have evolved from preceding forms over astronomically long periods of time. Can you harmonize these things? Try as you may. You cannot harmonize these things. How in the world does BYU get away with just changing the very nature of what Bruce R. McConkie was saying? They're asking these questions as if he didn't already give them the answer in the speech that they're presenting on their... I don't... I don't... I don't get it. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! McConkie was saying, no, you cannot harmonize it. 
<laughs> and uh, the people at BYU were like, yeah, we're going to try to reject that without rejecting it. So let's uh, ask the question and leave it up to people to decide for themselves if they can or not, instead of accepting what an apostle has declared as impossible. It's really interesting. It's really fascinating. But it's also super irrelevant to real life, in a way, in a way. But if you like this stuff, here it is. Now let's go back to the SmackDown. All right. Well, um, this is long, so let's just let's just get on it and start going SmackDown style. So um, I'll I'll kick us off. This is uh, Bruce Armaconky. I have sought and do now seek that guidance and enlightenment which comes from the Holy Spirit of God. I desire to speak by the power of the Holy Ghost so that my words will be true and wise and proper. I'm not going to stop every time there's a three pattern because there's a lot. (laughs) When any of us speak by the power of the Spirit, we say what the Lord wants said, or better, what he would say if he were here in person. So do you have the do you have the impression you you said you were listening to the audio, Glenn? Yeah. Do you have the impression that he's actually spontaneously talking in any way, or is he's reading off a teleprompter even though? Oh, that's a good I don't know, because it because I don't have video, I just have the audio. Um I I I can't imagine that he's just doing it all off the top of his head. Yeah. It's yeah. too I mean, good. Yeah. In the well, I mean, it seems unlikely because that just—it's a very—that'd be different if you don't—if you don't have a lot of experience doing that. It's not yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah, it's the same. It doesn't matter, John. If the spirit's there, you couldn't tell. Yeah, and <laughs> no, and, know, and maybe he maybe he had bullet points, and and then he was extemporaneously invoking the spirit to inspire him around the bullet points. Hmm. That's probably how it was. That I think that's how uh, Noah that's did. How, it. That's Sounds how the like spirit works. It it sounds like how Glenn did it when he was a believer (laughs) and Bob. I I did that. That's how Glenn did it in his Sunstone speech yesterday. Oh, (laughs) continues on. I I, I just, uh, you know, when you, when you look back into the fishbowl, the uh, proverbial fishbowl, it's the hubris is like striking to me. Mm. And I'm wondering if it, if it bothered me (laughs) when my mission president would say this, uh, I remember my mission president saying something like, you know, exactly what you just said here. This is what the Lord would say if he were here in person. Like, right. you, you are really uh, making a bold statement when you say that. Like, I right. am, like, this is exactly if Jesus himself were here in his, uh, you know, his uh, power suit and red tie <laughs> and clean, cleanly shaved and cut, according to Spencer Kimball. Cut. Um <laughs> cleanly cut never mind john got what i was saying (laughs) it's i don't know the the he was i just wonder i just i don't i don't remember being bothered by the hubris of people of leaders when they would say this is what jesus would say if he were here i feel like not only that's the opposite of bothered by it i think that's the thing that a lot of mormons really 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 like you know when this kind of thing is going to happen and so in fact when people then read through what the you know the way or they meet community Christ apostles or or the prophet or the recent sections of the dnc and it and it isn't saying this kind of thing then they're getting oh well you're not saying that you're not making these kind of you know proud whatever <laughs> these kind of hubristic claims <laughs> you know and then and the answer is good you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> well and it also has the faux mormon humility attached to it where it's like uh, i'm just a vessel for the right. lord 
these are the Lord's words. I'm such a humble servant. It's like, sure. Yeah. You are. sure you right. are. It's, the, it's, the, that, the, it's that interesting juxtaposition of hub, like the ultimate hubris and <laughs> like the worst possible foul uh, humility that you could have. Yep. The problem that, that comes with this is you will have uh, one talk saying that he's speaking exactly what the Lord would say. And then a talk later that contradicts that talk. Superlative saying, disorder. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the problem comes with this, with when you take this hard line of, you know, when I'm speaking from the spirit, I'm speaking as if Jesus were here. And not only that, it's the most important thing you need to hear ever until the next most important thing from the next guy who's speaking with the spirit. Right. You know, I have a, I have a new uh, interpretation of Lord though, mm. that um, I, I, I think if I take it from the, the, the way that I see Lord now, he's absolutely right because it's the inner voice of Bruce R. McConkie that what Bruce R. McConkie sees as right, that's the Lord. And so for him, when he's speaking and he's saying, I would say what the Lord wants to say, he's basically saying, I, I'm saying what I want to say. And so I can totally accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but in Utah, it's pronounced the Lard. The Lard. Oh, he does a lot of like fun uh, Utah, yeah, uh, pronunciations. Well, I know we'll get to it later, but there's that part where he like almost quotes himself. He's like, and then there's this book that was written. I'm going to have a quote from it. I just happened to write it. Uh, and that's the most, you know, circular circle of, jerky. Yeah. It's like indicative of just how much he's on, he's on top of it, guys. He's, he's talking to the Lord. He's written a book about it. He's going to remind you that he's written a book about it and he's going to pull quotes from that book. It's just good stuff. Let me reference myself five years ago <laughs> yeah. okay. to support. Well, well Bob just point. did that with the superlative stuff. So, I mean, yeah. hey, the Apple I mean, doesn't fall that far. one to no one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, John, why don't you uh, take up uh, the okay. next paragraph there? So he's going to explain more about this, whether he's reading it or not. I shall depart from my normal and usual pattern and read portions of my presentation because I want to state temperately and accurately the doctrinal principles involved and to say them in a way that will not leave room for doubt or question. That's shall... temperate. That's temperate. <laughs> That's amazing. If you can ever say anything that doesn't leave any room for doubt or question. That's amazing. They're like, try, I'm going to strive for this. But this is that guy's bread and butter, right? I mean, his, his whole deal is he wants yeah. to have it all written down and then decide no, no doubt. It's just Be, in the book. Because then anybody who does doubt or question, it's not his fault. He's done his job. If if yep. you're doubting and question, that's on you. You're yeah. you're the you're the anomaly here. You're the problem. You <laughs> <I> sh- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I shall speak on some matters that some may consider to be controversial, though they ought not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just agree with me. <laughs> okay, okay. These are not these ought not to be controversial because you could just look it up in Mormon doctrine. There are there are things on which we ought to be united. And to the extent that we are all guided and enlightened from on high, we will be. If we are so united, and there will be no disagreement among those who believe and understand the revealed world revealed word, we will progress and advance and grow. In the things of the spirit, we will prepare ourselves for a life of peace and happiness and joy here and now and for an eventual eternal reward in the kingdom of our Father. Yeah. That doesn't sound so bad, though. <laughs> no, a yeah, life just, of peace and happiness and joy here and now? Right. Yeah. Under wow. uh, total, total of authoritarian conformity and obedience. <laughs> 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 Everyone will be peaceful. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's better than Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that movie sucked. All right, Randy. <laughs> there is a song or a saying or a proverb or a legend or Jesus Christ, how many ors are there? <laughs> let me let me start over. It is funny. It is very funny. <laughs> there is a song or a saying or a proverb or a legend or a tradition or finally something that speaks of seven deadly sins oh god wasn't there a movie mm. about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. called seven anyway what's in the box all right no. <laughs> i know nothing whatever about these and hope you do not my subject is one about which wait some... wait 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 that's hilarious <laughs> it's awesome it's like so good. somewhere <laughs> at some point in history there was something i don't know what it was about seven deadly i don't really know and i really hope that you don't know either I hope that you are just as ignorant of the world as I am. <laughs> I hope you know nothing of this. Because yes. if you do, it's really going to mess up my message. Yeah. It's going it's to cloud it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be thinking about gluttony and sloth. It means you've been reading Greed. stuff outside of Deseret Book, and we can't have that. So many wink winks. Wow. Okay. My subject is one about which some few of you, unfortunately, do know a little. It is the seven deadly heresies. Bum, bum, bum. There it is. The title already three mm-hmm. paragraphs in. Yeah. Not the great heresies of a lost and fallen Christendom. We'll get to but, that. <laughs> but some that have crept in among us. Should I keep going? No, let's, let's turn it over. Kick it over to Bob. All right. All right. Now I take a text. These words were written by Paul to certain ancient saints capital S, like us. In principle, they apply to us. I heard that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you, hitherto for within... Just kidding. That's just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then he goes on, should I, should I do the whole, now let me list some axioms. I guess in academic circles, we call these caveats. Except he pronounced it caveat, which was fun. Oh, oh my God. Did he really? <laughs> caveat. Caveats. Yeah. It's pronounced somehow, some way. I don't know how it is. I hope none of you do either. I love the swing at like academic circles and then I'm going to mispronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he did the, he did the classic setup. I'm going to pick a scripture from first Corinthians and then base the whole talk around this one out of context line that, that like says the word heresies, which is in the title of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much it really is applicable to anything. Do any of you remember what I just read, what that scripture was? It, it just, it just adds a, a layer of credibility yeah. to, to heresies being among a group of people. It's <laughs> happened before. It's yeah. happening among us. The Bible has that word. So this is totally connected and relevant. Um, it's yeah. this particular incident that Paul's talking about is um, differences in the the sacrament of communion. So as they're having a shared meal, um, sometimes they're not sure if they, uh, how they're doing it different, you know, whether the rich people who are providing the food, if they get to eat first or not, or something like that. Mm. Oh, wow. You see, John actually knows the context. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you explain it, I'm like, that has nothing, that doesn't help me at all. I don't know what that's about. Why, why do you think John is here? <laughs> <laughs> it's good looks. Come on. <laughs> um, so I'll read some of these. So these are the axiom slash, how did he say it? It's not caveats. Caveats. Caveat. 
Caveats. There is no salvation in believing a false doctrine. Oh, so pithy. Uh, truth. This is, what bug, this is what bugs me about religion is that <laughs> is that they believe that if you believe false doctrine, no matter how good of a person you are or you know how much of a force of good you are in the world, you're fucked if you <laughs> if you get it wrong, the doctrine I just uh, for me, these are all like individual bumper stickers it's just like they're just Mormon platitudes like they don't really mean anything too specific, but they mean we all know what they mean, but they're not pragmatic. It's not like you can really live by this. Just so you know, Randy, there's no salvation in believing a false doctrine. It's not like that's going to change your behavior. You're not going to do anything tomorrow differently having heard a prophet tell you that. Like, oh, wow, that's so insightful. But that's just what we do is we like repeat those things. What's a diamond truth? Is that, but is you that... believe, I mean, I mean, if you believe a doctrine, you don't think it's false. So, I mean, it's very hard for you to be right? to ask on that, right? <laughs> I mean, in other words, it's like, it's part of okay, but I don't believe any false doctrines because all the ones I believe are true. <laughs> I believe them, you know? <laughs> well, it works so well. Uh, yeah, and then the next one, truth, diamond truth, truth unmixed with air. Truth alone leads to salvation. It's like, Wow, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> truth unmixed with error, because otherwise I'm I'm just walking around thinking about truth with all the errors in it. Like <laughs> so well, it's, it's, it's it's restating the first thing just with more flowery diamond yeah. proof language. I don't know. The next one is straight out of like footprints in the sand. What we believe determines what we do. Um, well, that's not footprints in the sand. Is it? Is it not? I don't know. I it just feels like something on a calendar. <laughs> No, something cross-stitched. There you go. Uh, the next one could be cross-stitched, but only in Mormon households. No man can be saved in ignorance of God and his laws. It's like, oh, God. That's so just striking. So intense. It, it also ostensibly like condemns billions of people. Well, that too. <laughs> no, it doesn't because... The, that's why there's that's why there's missionary work after the veil, Randy. Mm. And, then, and then they're gonna get the information. And they <laughs> Come on, man! I know I'm loving you softballs for the Mormon Whisper. <laughs> Make me li- live up to my license plate. <laughs> uh, so then we've got man is saved no faster than he gains knowledge of Jesus Christ and the saving truths of His everlasting gospel. Never mind the grammatical issues. Man's everlasting gospel or Jesus's? Okay, okay it's a stupid thing I'm trying to do there. But um, yeah, well, he didn't. They didn't capitalize his. So see, oh. Glenn got it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why they're not really Christians. Mm. <laughs> that must be it. Uh, yeah, anything insightful there? I mean, it's like all right. Um, I don't know. It just it it just uh, keeps you know reminds me because as I've been so like separated from it for so long how legalistic uh, Mormonism is, mm-hmm. especially the McConkie version where he, he's, he says the same thing, like in five or six different ways. <laughs> right. And it's all as a way it, it, he's all he's, he's saying what I'm saying to you guys right now is so important that if you don't hear it and understand it, you will not gain salvation. Well, the, also the other, the other underlying message is it's, it's more important to be right than to be good. Mm. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, Gospel doctrines belong to the Lord, not to men. They are his. The doctrines, again, not men. He's doing this thing with his... And he didn't capitalize his again. <laughs> he ordained them, he reveals them, and he expects us to believe them. 
All right. Sure. Uh, then the next one. And then that's kind of like a um, plug for his book, right? I mean, he just he just snuck in his the title. <laughs> <laughs> Gospel doctrines. Yeah, and the other, the other thing is like, uh, you know, it's that hub- hubris again. Like, Gospel doctrines belong to the Lord, not to men. And I am the only man that knows all the true doctrines. Right. <laughs> they are his, not mine. I'm just a vessel. Well, this is the whole speaking directly right here. Yeah, this is the whole Wilford Woodruff paradox where it's like, God would never allow me to say the wrong thing or else he'd remove me. And since he hasn't done that, this is the best, you're, you know, this is the truth. <laughs> so, all right. So then we've got the doctrines of salvation are not discovered in a laboratory, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that moral truths are discovered in laboratories. <laughs> or on a geological field trip or by accompanying Darwin around the world. <laughs> Swiping at Darwin here. Like yeah. Darwin didn't do anything to him. Yeah, I just have to point out Darwin's capitalized more than God is around here. So <laughs> uh, they come by revelation and in no other way. You know, but but they I, I think that McConkie was quite the historian of Mormon doctrine, right? So he wasn't he wasn't gaining his understanding of truth through laboratories or geological field trips or yeah but with darwin but but it was through read it was history it was a very academic acquisition of knowledge it's just he's reading this is incestual mormon stuff from his father joseph Joseph fielding smith no joseph fielding smith like he he learned all of these doctrines sitting at the feet of his father-in-law right but it, but it, 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 it's, it's like, I know, I know these scriptures, I know the citations, I can give you all these things. It's, it's a historian's trade. It, it, is, is that not fair to say, John? Well, I wouldn't say historian, I would say antiquarian. So okay. this is not an okay. actual, this is not an academic historian. It's right. a person who is interested in, in antiquity or antiquarian stuff and has collected a bunch of sayings, yeah. but it, it's not in any way, um, there's, there is no, this is the whole thing with, uh, you know, I've said before with Mormon, Mormonism and doctrine. So, and here's Mr. Doctrine himself, mm-hmm. that Mormons have doctrine, but they don't have theology because theology involves taking uh, the, prop, prep, you know, the propositions and trying to consider them logically. Mm. Right. No, it, for, for him, it's not philosophy. doing that. Yeah, for him, it's not philosophy. It's just like facts, like factoids. Mm-hmm. But by facts, you mean like an index of the greatest hits of Mormon opinions that are just sort of... Yeah, Mormon, and, and Mormon obscure, I mean, not even greatest hits because it's like the B-sides, the, the rarities, and yeah. he's like got all the stuff. <laughs> he's he's, he's got this whole constellation of dots to connect that... I feel like... In a very brilliant way, but it, it's yeah. so insular to this one vein of Mormon belief. I don't know, but I I find it fascinating. I I do too, but it's like, it's more like indexing or something because Mm -hmm. it would be like me, like creating a list of all the movies I reviewed and saying, I'm a historian of movies. Yes. Like his book is really, it's just a compilation of, I don't know, some of the Mormon gotchas or things that, that you want to be factual, but, have no chance in hell of being factual because they, they contradict each other and saying that, that um, the Catholic church is the whore of all the earth and that kind of stuff is problematic over time and blacks and the priesthood and blah, blah, blah. You can just, the list goes on, but he's really big on like 
checking boxes and having an index where you can look up any topic and, and there's a Mormon answer to it. Never mind if the Mormon answer is just his mini review of, you know, his favorite thing that somebody in the past said about it. And I don't know, I just find, I find him fascinating. He's just like, we don't get that anymore. Yeah. That's absolutely true because like he became Mr. Cross-Reference of all the scriptures for all of Mormons since 1981, I think. Yeah. It's also true because, uh, the, you know, that we don't get it anymore because we left. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the book is no longer in print. So let's give ourselves yeah. some credit. You know, I'm still agrees with us a little bit. Um, yeah. I got my copy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so then what do we got next? Uh, our sole concern in seeking truth should be to learn and believe what the Lord knows and believes. Um, how, how would I providentially, I'm struggling with that word. He has said providentially. Some, providentially? Yeah. yeah. What is he trying to say? He has set forth some of his views in the Holy scriptures. Okay. Sure. Uh, I don't dispute that. That's uh providence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what, okay. Right. Just the, yeah. Okay. Um, our goal as mortals is to gain the mind of Christ. To believe oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's go back to that word for a second, though, because the way I interpret how he's using it providentially, it's like he's drawing boundaries. Like he's saying, if, if you want to understand what the Lord knows and believes, here, here are the lines, stay within those lines. That, that's what providentially means when he's saying providentially, he set forth these things in the Holy Scriptures, that once you start venturing outside of those, then you're venturing away from what the Lord is, is that the way you guys interpret his use? I, mean, of I, I think that what he's saying here is he wants to say, fortunately, or luckily, you know, you know, in other words, because essentially saying, Hey, you know, we, uh, we yeah, are yeah. supposed to, we're, we're, our soul's concern is to seeking, you know, seeking to believe what the Lord knows and believes lucky for us. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's he right. told us that in scriptures, but, but considering he doesn't believe in luck, there is no luck, it, you know, because yeah. Providence, divine is providence. providence, right? Yeah. I was confusing Providence with provincial. I was thinking that's what, that's what was going on there. That's pretty so, good. Yeah. Providence is divine right. decree. Right, right, right. right. I thought he, he was just doing a counter to caveats and he's like, hey, we have big words in here. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's replacing the word fortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, he has set forth some of his views in the Holy Scriptures, but the problem with that is interpretation. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound as like epic either. Yeah. Uh, He's still our, provincial. My <laughs> interpretations are the right ones. Right. Believe me. Believe me. Provincial. Believe me. Glenn, whenever I, you, that word I hear, I just think of the, the line in Beauty and the Beast, the, the poor provincial town. Good morning, oh, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> this, poor, this poor providential town. <laughs> provincial and providential are not the same words got it they're so close though they're really really close <laughs> they got a lot of the same stuff in them yep yep uh our goal as mortals is to gain the mind of christ to believe what he believes to think what he thinks to say what he says to do what he does and to be as he is just clone it just be like that picture of the first vision where God the Father and Jesus are like exactly the same. They're, they're twins. Yeah. <laughs> the Borg. Right? They even have they even have the same haircut, the same beard, same clothes. Yeah. They're they're like those annoying twins that uh, always dress alike so nobody can tell them <laughs> apart. Cute cute toga. <laughs> toga. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, I'll do one more because then it's over this list. Uh, we are called upon to reject all heresies and cleave unto all truth. Only then, only then can we progress according to the divine plan. As the Lord has said, I guess I'm, it keeps going into a quote. Now you got a DNC, yeah. Yeah, DNC, 130, 18, and 19. Whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Am I right, guys? Joseph. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, I was definitely AP Mormon. And uh, <laughs> that, uh, that definitely put me in a special place for the afterlife, I felt. Uh, yeah. Do you guys, uh, this scripture challenged me early on and just, I was always frustrated by the fact, I, I've been over this before where we existed forever before and then, and then there was a veil and we lost all the knowledge. And then there's this scripture that's like, but now it's really important starting here on the earth in this tiny sliver of life, what you remember and learn and grow with now, you know, starting now, now it's going to matter for the hereafter. So you better really learn and do a lot of stuff. Never mind that God's plan for the other half of eternity before now was that it's just going to be wiped clean. And then like, what stops us from believing that after the celestial kingdom, you know, we just go into another matrix. I just, I was just, (laughs) but maybe we do. Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're describing reincarnation. Yeah. Well, like, like the, there's some, there are some fundamentalist Mormons who have believe in MMPs, right? The multiple, multiple mortal probations. probations you know? That's a heresy. <laughs> it's not. One of the, it's not. A, it's not a deadly heresy, though. It's just. A, it's just <laughs> another one. one. It was the. It was so close to making. It was the cut. Really, yeah. It's a minor really, heresy. Really close. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was very providential. <laughs> providential heresy. Yeah. So MMP stands for multiple mortal probations. Uh, probations. Wow, <laughs> that's that is so Eastern. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say, so Easter egg, like that's like uber Mormon, like you really got to get into it for that. Uh, so John, I think you're up. No, I am. Don't no skip over me. Oh, sorry. I, I will not be skipped over this time. <laughs> but it totally makes sense though. Like the MMPs, I'm sorry. Sorry, Glenn. Yeah, um, no. If you believe in like eternal progression. Yeah. And, and then I think of myself as, you know, when I was Mormon, I was this like serial masturbator. Um, Whoa. Con- constantly hated every calling I had. And to oh, me, I, I thought for you me, like masturbated into every bowl of cereal. <laughs> That's not what I meant. And, and then back, I graduated back, to oatmeal. I'm back there preparing the sacrament. Oh. No, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it was the, the the giant leap from me knowing how shitty of a person I was compared to the the standard that Mormonism set. Like for me to imagine myself to be a God just because I died, you know, and, and had all the ordinances and everything that that leap was so far that if, if somebody came up with a doctrine where I could take steps to get to there, that would have made a lot more sense with the the Mormon doctrine of eternal progression than for me becoming a God anytime soon. Right. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) No, I, I like, I'm still totally open to this idea. And the more I look into like all of the woo woo quantum energy string theory stuff, I'm like, maybe, maybe there could be like this eternal energy thing. And well, when you think about it, you narcissist, you're you're that important to the universe. 
No, no, it's, no. it's actually we, more logical. We are, we are the universe. If you're gonna if you're gonna bank on one or the other, and one is like, and now you become a god, and everything's static, and then the other one's like, hey, things keep changing. I think I'm gonna lean towards the theology with the things keep changing side of things, just because that's also how the universe typically works. Like, do we have any evidence that stuff just um, freezes uh, in any other context forever? Not so much. So, if you're gonna pick a god process, probably the the kingdom hopping and eternal progression is yeah. Uh, I'm 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 uh, I'm having uh, somewhat of an affinity to the MMPs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And and you know I've used this clip a lot on on infants on thrones, but the one where Dawkins is talking with uh, yeah, where Dawkins is talking with Ben Stein and Ben Stein's trying to like pin him down on intelligent design and Dawkins is like fine okay if you want me to play the game if it's possible that maybe at some place in the universe life evolved to a point of godhood but it would have had to have happened through the principles of Darwinian evolution as we know it so he couldn't have created himself but maybe he maybe there is a race out there that evolved to this point who knows that's that's a possibility maybe we we would find a signature in something you know and so like specul speculating on stuff like that like i don't want to go all ben stein like wow did richard dawkins just fine <laughs> <laughs> bueller but it's, bueller. But it's still, like a super interesting and appealing idea to me and uh like combine that with the multiple mortal yeah, multiple patients yeah. a great a great movie about just, i just don't make me pay tithing and i i can be okay <laughs> with like entertaining that <laughs> I, a great movie about multiple mortal probations is uh, it's an Albert Brooks movie called Defending Your Life. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've yeah. used uh, that. Glenn's yeah. used that clip. Yeah. Okay. I love that movie. It's a it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this before, though, about this idea, you know, like this thing about the veil, and uh, you know, just in terms of how we now, I mean, it's a completely different. We have a completely different understanding about like mind, I think, and how like we operate and think and what our identity even is. If you suddenly didn't have like all of your memories and everything right. like that. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, it's a, you aren't even you anymore. You know, I mean, are you? I mean, to what extent are you you then? Well, you what know? is you? Like you peel away all the layers. There's not a single little like... Uh, nugget? Yeah, the self is little, little pilot in your soul. Right. Yeah. Polished right. turd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to continue okay. on here. So Bruce goes on and says, please note that knowledge is gained by obedience. <laughs> it comes by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. That's and the what ultimate a dictator would say. Guess, guess who the first? What the first law is? Obey the leader. Yeah. <laughs> so. The leader is good. The leader is great. Yeah. <laughs> we will follow his will as of this date. And 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 somebody who never says fuck never knows that it's an acronym for unlawful carnal knowledge. So that's oh. knowledge that came through disobedience. So fuck that. <laughs> in the ultimate and full sense it comes only by revelation from the holy ghost but there are some things a sinful man does not and cannot know and vice versa come on <laughs> the lord's people are promised by the power of the holy ghost ye may know the truth of all things moroni 10 5 but if they do not seek the spirit 
if they do not accept the revelations God has given, if they cannot distinguish between the revealed world word and the theories of men, they have no promise of gaining a fullness of truth by the power of the Holy Ghost. So, so he's saying that knowledge comes from obedience and he's, he's saying between the lines, not from experience, which is hilarious. Like you can't, you can't learn from experience. You learn from like, where is that? Like, why, how would, why does that make sense other than all of these, you know, uh, uh, communists? That, that, oh, entire, oh, oh. That, that entire paragraph is submit your will to mine. Yeah. Right, right, right. Dear leader. Right. <laughs> well, I, but, if, but if he's speaking for Jesus, if Jesus was here, then there's our litmus test right there. New Testament yeah. Jesus? If he says it, Testament it's right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. QED. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just like, don't think that because you've done something in life and experienced it, that you have any knowledge from that. I'm going to tell you what you need to know and you're going to get knowledge that way. Yeah. Or that thousands of people have dedicated their lives to something like uh, natural selection, speciation through natural selection. That is, that's, that's counterfeit. That's the, what does he call it? The, the theories, theories of men. Of yeah, but don't, yes. don't jump ahead. Let's get, so we're right here on the precipice of this first. <laughs> hey, Glenn, hey, yeah. Glenn, isn't, isn't this Mike Tannehill's like favorite talk of all time? Oh, really? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. But you, <laughs> did I tell off. you that I talked with Mike recently? No. no. Yeah, yeah. Mike. Hi, Mike. So uh, I don't think Mike listens anymore. He will um, if we tell him that we talk about him in this. No, one. I don't. Maybe he uh-huh. would if we told him we <laughs> talked about him. But I, I invited him to come on and have a conversation with uh, Bill Real and me that I still haven't had the conversation with Bill. But oh, uh, and and then Mike's like, I don't know. I'm in such a different place than I used to be. But oh. I talked to him for like 30 seconds. He's not. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he, he called me as I was in the car. I think I talked about this with Matt and Scott, but I don't know if we published that. I don't, but, but, but so we were in the car and, um, my, my 14 year old Layla taking her to violin and Mike calls. And so she's listening to this guy. And I asked him a question about like homosexuality or something. Just to see, you know, like how different he, and he's just absolutely the same. And Layla was like, who the hell is this guy? How do you, why, <laughs> why do you even talk to him? She's like, I hate him. I hate that guy. Anyway. And she's judging you because you're oh. friends. She's like, why, why are you talking with this guy? But so, yeah, I, I think, I think McConkey is one of Mike's heroes. And, and we, we toyed with doing this for. Yeah. Can you imagine expression how much? And, and uh, you know, even yeah. earlier with infants on thrones, we, we talked about doing this a couple of times with Mike, but he's not doing this stuff anymore. No, but imagine how much he would bog down this conversation. It would, it would oh, be six it would be hours. Fun. It would be so what? It would be fun. Would be fun. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. So I, I want to read the first heresy. So okay. heresy one, there are those who say that God is progressing in knowledge and is learning new truths. This is false. Utterly. <laughs> so let it be said. So let it be done. There is not one sliver of truth in it. There's not two slivers of truth in it. No slivers. There's not sli- three slivers. There's no slivers. No slivers. No slivers. No slivers. You have to keep reading it when he uses the same verb. You have yeah. to just yeah, get to the point where he says the same thing again. He's like, but when I say it this time, what I mean. It grows out of a wholly twisted and incorrect view of the King Follett sermon. From which we get our name, Infants on Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is meant by eternal progression. All right. I'll turn it over to John now. 
this guy. <laughs> okay. Okay, God, as opposed to what you have been thinking, dipshits. God, God you know, that's, that's, that's implicit. <laughs> as opposed to that, God progresses in the sense that his kingdoms... Wait, wait, what does God do? I thought there was a sentence where it said, There's a, those, there are those who say that God is progressing... In knowledge and learning new I truths. Know. I just think it's funny that he can't even like come up with a different verb. No, he's, he's, he's got to redo. He's got to salvage the word progress, Bob. Right. Let him salvage All right. it. All right. Let him well, salvage it. Okay. No, right. God is progressing in the sense that his big, fat, hairy kingdoms are increasing. <laughs> Wait, that, that, okay, come on. You got to put quotation marks around your uh, editorials. <laughs> and his kingdoms increase and his dominions multiply, not in the sense that he learns new truths and discovers new laws. Duh. Doy. <laughs> God is not a student. <laughs> not a laboratory technician like Randy. <laughs> I got a doctorate. I'm not a fucking lab tech. I got a fucking doctorate. Whoa. And a postdoc. He doesn't have a postdoc like Randy. He is not postulating new theories on the basis of past experiences. He really is down on experience. Yeah. <laughs> like Bob says, he's not like experience. No. He has indeed graduated, post-graduated, if you will, to that state of exaltation that consists of knowing all things and having all power. Didn't this kind of come at a time, like, I, I may be totally speaking out of my ass on this one, but I, but I remember, like, my my parents and my grandparents, they had, like, these study groups. Yes, and, yes. And the church came out, and they're like, knock it off with the study groups, because you're going off the rails, you're going off the tracks. And so... I'm I'm wondering if if McConkie's responding like his antipathy towards its experience here is because people were saying, well, my experience is telling me this about the church, and it's like off the rails from what he should be the rail. So he's like, down with experience, just be obedient to what I'm saying and other people who know. That's you kind know, of McConkie, Glenn, right? As much as your dad loved McConkie, I don't think McConkie would like your dad. Why? Because he used to love to be a student of this shit and to try to extrapolate and explore, uh, you know, areas that haven't been like laid down by law. Mm. Your dad was your dad was kind of out there. My dad, my dad had some out there things with like the the twelve planets theory or like the watchers. Yes, you know, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he was that kind Nibley. of stuff made McConkie team Nibley. crazy. Yeah, it was kind hollow of Earth, so, hollow earth, hollow earth, hollow earth. Yeah, well, maybe was, was there was there like a, a, a tribes in the hollow Nibley McConkie <laughs> dispute? Well, I just used or them were as they proxies. kind of on the same page or, or did did they did McConkie think that Nibley was too fringy? Because if, if McConkie thought that Nibley was fringy, then you're probably right. He would think that my dad was fringy. But my dad never went out on anything based on his experience. Heavens no. <laughs> it was always in pseudepigrapha. I'm just saying. You I know, experience, it's like he's experiencing an epiphany. No, my, dad, my dad would be like, oh, That's if, an experience. if a prophet said this or a scripture said, you know, I'll, I'll play with it. But if it's not, I'm not going to go there. Am I, am I being too mean? reading something perverse in, into that last paragraph where he's like, God doesn't progress with knowledge or learning things. It's just fucking a lot. Because no, no, to me, what it says is what? God isn't getting any smarter. He's His just getting rich. No, he's getting rich. He's just getting richer. 
Yeah, and, but he's having sex with all of his multiple wives. That's how you multiply and create. That's like part of the Mormon doctrine is, is more sure. children. And so he's saying specifically, he's, he's already omni-whatever, all those words, and he's not, he has nothing to learn, but he has a lot of bunny rabbit stuff to be doing over the eternities. Well, and kingdoms, weird, right? more and more kingdoms to build. Right, have power over. Right, he just he just he's just getting rich. Can Mormons? Yeah, I think that? of it more as like a, a multi level marketing scheme than like the F word. <laughs> no, no, I'm th- I'm trying to think of Hugh Hefner's house and whatever that was called. The Playboy Mansion. The Playboy Mansion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. All right, maybe the that's grotto. Well, kind of I, I think that he. I think he's also trying to respond here to, you know, a basic argument that you know, uh, if God is progressing in terms of uh, knowledge, then God is not omnipotent, right? I'm not well, omnipotent. He's, he's, he's stuck in a box because that we've talked right. about eternal progression as a doctrine of Mormonism, but he's got to redefine progression. Yeah. He has to use those words, right. but then say that they mean different things. Yeah. Right, because because this is the thing that Mormons are then criticized for, is not believing actually in monotheism or God, because God doesn't progress in knowledge and because you know, because that's not what God is about. God is not some human being who you know is getting bigger, and you're not, and other people are going to be God. <laughs> he's not a human being in, in in that way, though, right? But he's a human being in terms of genitalia, which is the irony, like for not being well, a human in the being. in the Mormon sense. That's why yeah. that's why Mormons are 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 criticized for not actually you know for becoming you know pagans again. You know, but, we, but they can't have it both ways and be like oh, he's just like us, and he just has this spirit matter flowing through him instead of blood. And he, and he has children just like we do. Oh, but he's not learning or like, he's not like, <laughs> no, I mean, right. this is, this is, this is a uh, McConkie trying to split the two horns right. of an, of an omnipotent God and eternal progression doctrine. Right. And he's trying to split the uprights right down the middle. Right. Yep. And so he, he, and it, so it's, it's, so it's denying frankly progression in order to try to get in good with the people who are saying, you don't believe in an omnipotent omniscient God. So, Anyway, so where do we left? <laughs> Leave off. <laughs> I think where the life that God lives is named eternal life is where we're at. Keep going, Randy. Just you read it. You read it. Yeah. Oh, there. Oh, you've, you've totally empowered me, Glenn. I you are empowered. <laughs> you, have, you have my uh, blessing to continue. Uh, all right, then. The life that God okay, lives. Stop. Now, Bob, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's not, you told me you were lobbing me softballs. <laughs> Gosh. I'm taking it now. I walk into those fucking walls like left and right whenever I'm with Glenn. All right. The life that God lives is named eternal life with italicies. His name, one of them, is quote unquote eternal, using that word as a noun and not as an adjective. And he uses that name to identify the type of life that he lives. God's life is eternal life, and eternal life is God's life. They're, they are one and the same. Eternal life is – should I stop? I was just gonna, no, I was just going to ask, did you – have you – I mean, he's saying that eternal is a name of God. Does anybody in, in any Mormon context has ever said – Eternal know, is his name? As eternal? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bruce isn't making that up. And that's how they get rid of uh, the hell problem, like uh, in the Book of Mormon. They say eternal punishment is God's punishment, not like literally eternal. Okay. It's, it's just it's God's in the DNC. punishment. I remember it's somewhere in the DNC that another name for God is eternal. I could look it up if I wanted to, but I really don't. Okay. Seriously, that's, that's, how he, that's how they got rid of the sting of the Christian 
concept of hell eternal like you burn forever no mormons don't believe in that kind of barbaric doctrine <laughs> yeah. it's god no. it's eternal god-like punishment <laughs> is god's punishment okay, no penis we don't burn you in hell we just cut off your dick that's all yeah. we're not we're not, <laughs> we're not animals we're not monsters yeah all right they are one and one and the same eternal life is the reward we shall obtain if we believe and obey and walk uprightly before him and eternal life consists of two things it consists of life in the family unit and the nuclear family unit <laughs> and also of inheriting, receiving, and possessing the fullness of the glory of the Father. Anyone who has each of these things is an eternal – no, no, I'm sorry. Anyone who has each of these things is an inheritor and possessor of the greatest of all gifts of God, which is eternal life. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like equivocated like it. so many things that it's it's rendered incoherent. Sky but, cake, sky but, cake. <laughs> Bob, you definitely have to read the next paragraph though, because he does pull a Bob move in here. Oh, does he? Yes. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Is that two point five five billion years ago? Oh, you're you jumping right to it. <laughs> Just let, let Bob get to it organically. <laughs> Oh, now I know what you're referencing. Okay, (laughs) here we go. Eternal progression consists of living the kind of life God lives and of increasing in kingdoms and dominions everlastingly through sex. No, I added that. (laughs) Uh, Come on, Bob. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why anyone should suppose that an infinite and eternal being who has presided in our universe for almost... 2,555,000,000 2,555,000,000 years. <laughs> Who made the Where does he get that number? Right. What's that? That's a number? very specific number. Yeah, that's the Bob move right there. I, like, I'm just going to pull a number out here. I don't even want to defend. I, I want to be different than McConkie. <laughs> I'm sure he had a good reason for this number, guys. You're like, you're like, 80, you're like 83% different from McConkie. As long as... Okay, good, good. Uh, so who made the sidereal heavens? Um, oh. I don't even know. I've never seen that word before. What does sidereal mean, John? It, of the stars. Yeah, something with stars. Sidereal oh. means star-like, of the stars. Yeah. Um, whose creations are more numerous than the particles of the earth. So just think about that for a second. So there are more stars than there are particles on the earth. Okay. That's and true. Who, by the way. No, whose creations, not stars. Oh, yeah, you're right. Whose creations are more numerous. Than the, yeah, more and, numerous and since each particles. one of those particles is one of the creations, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, okay, okay. And there's more particles outside of what's on the earth. I mean, it's not really all that deep what he's saying. Oh, you're ruining it. Wow. <laughs> and who is aware of the fall of every sparrow? Why anyone would suppose that such a being has more to learn and new truths to discover in the laboratories of of randy of the, stop the saying my name like that <laughs> the laboratories of eternity is to, totally beyond my comprehension i just love that and, last and this and this is where it, it's not here in in the text but i'll insert the audio he oh, oh maybe it's not here it's it's at some point where he's like anybody who thinks that is like an ant and anyway wow. but so it just gets it's really insulting so so the implication here Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the implication is. So, so and to to get to the, let's say, four thousand. I mean, I don't know how long he's saying, saying that like human life has been kind of functioning on Earth since Adam and Eve, because we are going to get to Adam and Eve. So, let's say, what is that, five thousand years? <laughs> yeah. So, so he's more or less saying that there was like a a two point five 
five five billion year buildup, you know, of work to get to just these past five thousand years, and that the and that the God and that God, in His understanding of God, is that is the creator of the this particular universe that maybe is only two point five billion years old as opposed to thirteen point seven or whatever. Yeah, that's six orders of magnitude, by the way. <laughs> difference i mean potato potato he's using a big number (laughs) was that what what scientists were saying of the age of the universe was in 1980 has it changed (laughs) along with the speed of light the earth itself is 4.5 billion years old i don't know where he's getting this i mean it's like i don't know where the number comes from it's like the sidereal heavens there weren't stars i'm just gonna google this number (laughs) it's like it's like i think it's a close approximation of how long life has existed on earth because uh the earth is 4.5 billion years old and life has existed for about 3 billion years but for the first like 2 billion years it was you know single-celled organisms yeah but he's placing the universe as that age not not just earth or 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 maybe just god so in other words it was god uh you know, like not the God of the, who created the big bang of this universe, but he was on a different earth and, you know, after, and the universe is 13.7 billion years old. And so this is 2.5. And so that means like in after, uh, what, uh, after 11.2 billion years, God died and his planet became, (laughs) he became a God and now graduated to the point where he's at, where he now has the total fullness of knowledge you know, there's no advancing anymore in terms of knowledge, guys, at this point. He learned it all from, from the crap that Randy was saying that he knows, and he wanted to get to the next step, you know, in the, and, and eventually you get to the end, and there's no more to learn. And how sad is that for God, <laughs> you know? So I'll, 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 give, I'll give you a little teaser. I, I, you know that uh, the new book of Abraham thing that I started three years ago, and I've like yeah. very slowly, I finally wrote the four, like chapters four and five. I finally did it. And I just like need to record it and get that done. But one of the reasons I was so stuck on it for so long, because it's just the plagiarized Genesis stories of in the beginning, you know, the heaven and the earth and the darkness. It is so boring. And so I just, I went in and I had fun with it. And I started with what you were just saying there, basically, uh, John, that um, like, I, I didn't say God, but like this energy had achieved everything there was to achieve. It had tasted everything there is to taste. It built everything there is to build, experienced everything there is to experience, screwed everything there is to screw. <laughs> bored. Including it was porcupines. just bored. It was so bored. After 2.555 billion years, yes. It's just so bored. <laughs> okay, so... And so then it goes and it spawns new, like, multiverses for new experiences. So I go into some of the heresies and... and oh. <laughs> to me, I, I read this paragraph as, as him like trying to show, hey, look, I'm not crazy. I don't believe the earth is 6,000 years old. You know, I put a big number up there. Uh, but, but evolution didn't start until 6,000 years ago. <laughs> Maybe. Um, actually, I don't think he would say evolution ever started. There's a, there's a very. Go tour around the world with Darwin. With that attitude, <laughs> you heretic, heretic. Uh, I just want, for the record, Glenn. He didn't make up this number, like Bob. He okay. is actually quoting or using something that W. W. Phelps 
uh, wrote back in the times and seasons. Oh my God. Wow. Good catch, Bob. That is awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And it happens to be, uh, mathematically consistent with, uh, Phelps doing some biblical numerology by multiple times. Oh, that's so awesome. Nothing better than biblical numerology, man. (laughs) That is the antiquarian. Right. Pull something like that up. That's a good catch, Bob. So crazy. Wow. Yeah, the author of Praise to the Man. All right. So did you finish the paragraph, Bob? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll go with the next. Um, will he one day, will God one day learn something that will destroy the plan of salvation and turn man and the universe into an uncreated nothingness? Will he discover a better plan of salvation than the one that he's already given to men in worlds without number? You guys. guys <laughs> duh, think about it for a second. Let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me line up these straw men and then swat them down. Swat them down. <laughs> the saving truth as revealed to and taught formally and officially by the prophet Joseph Smith in the lectures on faith is that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He knows all things. He has all power. And he is everywhere present by the power of his spirit. For those of you who don't know what omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent means. (laughs) And unless we know and believe this doctrine, we cannot gain faith unto life and salvation. Can't do it. Not going to happen. Yeah. You know, that's very Mormon, though, that paragraph, because they have this problem with God having a body. So how can you be omnipresent if you have a physical body? And his answer is by the power of the spirit. Is this just kind of like the Mormon version of saying like, if the orcs from Lord of the Rings had to fight stormtroopers, who would win? Like, no, it, no, it it seems like it's just trying to square a circle that all these assumptions that don't. No, but the Mormon God is a lot like Sauron. He's this, he's at this (laughs) tower. He's, he's constricted to this one area, but he's got this big fucking ass eye. And but he can whole, see everywhere. And guess what? He's not fucking omniscient. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he can see lots of things. He's only super potent. <laughs> right, exactly. So the answer is that the Mormon God has understood in all of these things is, yeah, as opposed to the lectures on faith, which is representing an entirely different era of Joseph Smith's cosmology. And one, that's one of the reasons why, even though McConkey here is saying officially. It's not official anymore because you you decanonized it. So you ripped it out of the Doctrine and Covenants. The Book of Doctrine and Covenants was called so-called because the lectures on faith were first the doctrine, mm-hmm. and then the later parts, the sections that we have now are the are the covenants, and the covenant the doctrine was ripped out and thrown away. And so therefore it's not officially anymore. But anyway, so you know the but it, as understood by this all this late Nauvoo theology that he's otherwise quoting, mm-hmm. God is not omnipotent, omniscient, and uh and omnipresent. He's actually only wherever he is and then um, and then he's plenipotent and plenishent. Whoa, that's like so. Stormtrooper God would beat Orc God, is what I understood. <laughs> what? I'm just—it's just like all these assumptions. There's just these two realities in Mormonism, which neither one to me has any stronger case than the other. But it's just arguing two sillinesses. It's like I don't know which one is more likely, but it doesn't matter, right? Like it's just—it's very sci-fi nerd argument stuff. Yeah, exactly. Randy got me. (laughs) 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 All right. Who's who's next? John. Where are we at? 
Joseph Rit. Smith also taught. Oh yeah, just my favorite. Joseph Smith also taught in the lectures on faith. By the way, he's the only one saying that. I mean, everybody else, <laughs> all of all Mormon leaders, you know, one of the reasons why they um, they decanonize lectures on faith is that they always say Sidney Rigdon actually wrote it. So Sidney Rigdon is the one that say in the lectures on faith. Anyway, so he obviously loves the lectures on faith <laughs> compared to all other Mormon leaders. Interesting. Anyway, Joseph Smith also taught in the lectures on faith quote, that three things are necessary in order that any rational and intelligent being may exercise faith in God unto life and salvation. These he named as one, the idea he actually exists, two, <laughs> Sorry. that need to be stated, huh? <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm real people (laughs) a correct idea of his character perfections and attributes and three an actual knowledge that the course of life which he is pursuing is is according to the divine will which what does that mean like so there's two independent things there's God and then a divine will and one yeah which which is more powerful the divine will or God yeah can, is God strong enough to build a rock that he can't lift, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so God can't, can't create a rock that God can't lift. No. <laughs> but then what does that mean with all the O words? Does that mean he's not omni, all those, no, he's not Sauron? <laughs> no, because omnipotent does not include doing the impossible. Oh, okay. All right. Omnipotent means being able to do everything that's possible. So anyway. Huh. So it's a very easy solution, actually, <laughs> to, that, to that conundrum. But, but in this case, so these little things, I mean, unfortunately, the, doc, the lectures on faith, one of the reasons why everybody got rid of them is because they're pretty juvenile. So anyway, there's, like you say, there's not much going on here, although McConkie likes them. Okay. The attributes of God are given as knowledge, faith, or power, justice, judgment, mercy, and truth. The perfections of God are named as, quote, the perfections which belong to all the attributes of his nature, which is to say that God possesses and has all knowledge, all faith or power, all justice, all judgment, all mercy, all truth. Wait, did McConkie just pull a John Hamer, which is to say? So it's yeah, not just did. Bob. He actually, he, actually, he actually used my catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, or rather, rather, yeah, rather, love it. To say, he is indeed the very embodiment and personification and source of all these attributes. Does anyone suppose that God can be more honest than he already is? Neither uh, need any suppose that these are truths and he does not know or what? That's a clunky <laughs> sentence. This is a very grammatical neither, error. Neither need any neither, suppose there are neither. truths he does not know or knowledge he does not possess. Oh, thank you. Uh, how simple <laughs> that was, you guys. <laughs> We're just I'm glad we have Glenn here. You. Thank yeah. God we have Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. All makes sense now. <laughs> so anyway, this is a this this middle paragraph. The middle of the paragraph here is how the Mormon conception of God doesn't work with the traditional theological understanding of monism right and so 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 he's saying here that yeah you, know, you know that so that is one of the natural things about going all the way back to plato plato's conception of uh you know the the forms right or the 
eternals are that there are these eternal ideas that are more real than than the physical world, the material world, right? And so that includes things like justice, judge, mercy, truth, beauty, those kind of things. Uh, and so, um, and so, in general, in Christianity, which is largely based on Neoplatonism, the theology of it, there's an understanding that um, God, the Creator, is therefore absolute goodness. Good. And so, when you say "be good for goodness' sake," that's the idea: is that you should be participating in the good but anyway it doesn't really work when you're talking about a guy <laughs> you know so who's you know who's got a physical body and all these other kind of things so how is a guy um who's just a human who was born at some point on some planet somewhere how is a guy goodness itself right and so he's trying to square that again in this isn't era. it in, isn't it implicit mm. in mormon doctrine um that god himself had a god Right. Mm. Does McConkie doesn't? Yeah, yeah, Bob. They had to shut that down though because nobody wanted to 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 officialize it. Or I'm just wondering if McConkie ever explored the idea of God's God, our God's God, because there had to have been little G God versus big G God. Yeah, because don't you have to like do a regression analysis and then it's like, well, then is there a big G God or is it just little G's all the way down? Like, I I could grab Mormon doctrine and look it up if you really want me to. I think he did. (laughs) I think it's in there. I'm just like hearkening back to a very traumatic childhood experience where my born again school teacher, for some reason, had a discussion about God. And I raised my hand because I just heard my dad and my older brother talk about God being a human on another planet. And the teacher just said to me, well, then what about God's God? (laughs) And all the kids laughed at me and I went feet red and I wanted to hide in a hole. Right. Uh, And you've been red ever since is what that's the, yeah, still red. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the natural extrapolation of this doctrine is that God had a God. He had to have had a God. Right. If this is what we believe, what Godhood is. It's the whole, if man wants what, what's the quote? As man wants what? It's, it's a couplet. Yeah. A couplet. Yeah. <laughs> as man is, God once was, as God is, man can become. Or will become. Or will become. Or yep. can, can become. It's, and, it's, and by the it's, way, the, 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 that couplet. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bad? Uh, that, cup, that couplet is a quote from um, a, a traditional... A uh, uh, thing that people would write on their tombstone. Yeah, you know. So, in other words, as you are, you know, at now I once was. This is talking about the person in the grave. You know, as I am now, you will become. So <laughs> you that's will soon where be dead. actually <laughs> comes from. That's actually the epitaph of Edward the Black, the Black Prince. Uh, yeah, nothing, that's nothing that original in Mormonism. Come on. <laughs> No, it's like a revealed truth. <laughs> Spoiler alert: There's nothing original in Mormonism. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, try to find the etymology for telestial. <laughs> oh my god! I've, okay. I've, I've, right. I've explored that rabbit hole. There are things that are original in Mormonism, but it's just stars, moons, and plant and uh, sun, right? <laughs> Even if the word itself. Yeah, you're never going to find self, the white Lamanite, or you know anywhere else, and brother of Jared and stones. <laughs> Mahanrai Moriankamer. We got some good stuff. stuff. All right, we're Edward the Black. It's still a very derivative dragon's name. It's a derivative (laughs) religion. Dungeons and Dragons. So the 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 real names of the kingdoms. 
Here we go. Because it drives me crazy. This, like you say, terrestrial and celestial, which is yeah. just. It's just so stupid. It's just, yeah. just cringe-worthy stupid. What, what, so, what does Telly all, mean? They're, they're all nothing. <laughs> this, this is what they're, bothers John Hamer. They're all, it is, well, there's telepathy, telepathic. So Telly means something. So, right? telos, telos, telos means end. So it's like, you know, it, but it, it's like in teleological or something like that. Yeah, that, teleological argument. Yeah. Right. But, that, but th- this is not what the... It doesn't make any sense in a in a in a sun moon stars thing. All of the sun and the moon and the stars are all celestial objects. They yes. are all three celestial kingdoms, right? So, of which the one of them, you, you know, with heliacal, like a one of them is selenial, <laughs> and the other one is sidereal, which we had already learned the the word sidereal from this talk. <laughs> so, obviously, the the kingdom are the uh, the 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 sun like kingdom, the moon like kingdom, and the star like kingdom. Wow. John, do, do, do you know? Do you know? <laughs> do you know how much frustration I had as a as a an active Mormon gospel doctrine teacher researching the 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 lesson on degrees of glory, going into to Corinthians, reading it there, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. celestial that means heaven, yeah. and terrestrial means earth, earth. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, and and so when when he's giving the examples of sun, moon, and stars. Those are all under the celestial category. That's right. And then, and there's 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 an equivalent that he gives of different types of flesh on the earth category, the terrestrial category of fish and birds and man and beasts. And and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I I'm teaching English composition at the time. I understand parallel structures in writing. I'm like, that's what's going on. There's no room for a third category that's made up here. Somebody explain this to me. I wish I would have had you around to go, that's so stupid. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> said that to me. I had to figure I that know. out all on my own. Yeah. You might you might hurt. still be you might still be Mormon. I know. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. no. Where are we? <sighs> Where I am I going? <laughs> Thus Joseph Smith. And these are his words, I think. Right? Yeah, okay. I'll read it. Okay. Thus Joseph Smith taught, and these are his words. Which, quote. by the way, he's he's going to quote himself quoting Joseph Smith. So we yeah. don't even know where right. this damn quote comes from. That's quoted by Bruce Armour. Like, oh my God! <laughs> he's quoting himself <laughs> quoting Joseph Smith. It's like, what, what? Just... the best. That's the ultimate apostle move. Wait, but th- but this is this is the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ speaking through Bruce Armaconkey in right. to the students of BYU quoting. Wow, that's meta. The non-channeling Bruce R. McConkie, who was only channeling in the writing that he was doing at the time. So it's kind of the Lord quoting himself. Everything really is the Lord quoting himself. What we're doing right now is the Lord quoting himself, too. That All makes right. perfect All sense. All right, here we, here right? we go. And Jesus said, quote, Without the knowledge of all things, God would not be able to save any portion of his creatures. For it is by reason of the knowledge which he has of all things from the beginning to the end that enables him to give that understanding to his creatures by which they are made partakers of eternal life. And if it were not for the idea existing in the minds of men that God had all knowledge, it would be impossible for them to exercise faith in him. Wow. All right. It's over. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I just, I love it when Mormons use the word creatures. 
that's all I got from that. <laughs> so if God didn't, didn't, you know, if God wasn't at the pinnacle of omniscience and omnipotence, then he would not be able to even grant uh, salvation. I think that's his point, right? In short. Well, I think it would be impossible to exercise faith in him. And so this is like the, what, a basic theological argument. So if God is simply a man who is progressing, then God is not worthy of worship. That's what that means. Is that's like a regular theological thing. So in other words, the only God that is worthy of worship is goodness itself, right? So this is the so what he's essentially saying is the Mormon God is not worthy of worship. Unless we assert, <laughs> unless we assert that God is goodness himself, itself. But I don't think that's what he thinks he's saying. He doesn't. What, okay, so whisper it. Whisper it, the, Glenn. He's trying to square the circle, and he can't. You know. Yeah. yeah. Whisper it, Glenn. Whis- whisper. Um, so you said that's not what he thinks. That's not what he thinks he's saying. I what know. I, I would. He thinks I, he's saying. I would have to tap into it, and I don't really want that some <laughs> energy flowing through me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this. This is like this. Um, this great Onion article today, or whatever. It's like uh, Mueller, or whatever the the prosecute independent counsel or whatever he is. He's like, he's like trying to get into Trump's brain. And so he had to actually eat two, two, uh, taco bowls. No, (laughs) exactly. Two Two big Macs. No, 12, 12 packs of, of chicken nuggets. (laughs) I did like to eat them like the disgusting consistency of 24 chicken nuggets, you know, dipped in the sauce to try to like, just like get at what Trump's brain is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, an hour and 15 minutes. I was not the one who brought it up. Yes, you were. You did a Trump impersonation about five minutes in. I just let it go. Oh. Well, you let it go because it was only visual and this yeah. is an audio test. No, no, no. I, I picked it up. You, you were doing the thing. Believe me. Yeah, I, I did. Oh, I knew exactly what I was doing. I Randy only does the best impressions. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. Believe it. A lot of people don't know this. <laughs> About Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to read that onion article. <laughs> but yeah, basically he's saying that if you don't believe that God is omnipotent and has reached the pinnacle of omniscience, then you can't have faith in him and you can't he can't grant eternal life. Yeah. Right. So the, the the logical consequence still though, I think of of a increasing God that started out as a dweeb and has now reached the <laughs> a masturbating missionary in some other planet. Exactly. You know, is is ultimately the, is still finite. You know, and so I, in other words, you get to the he's asserting that there maybe is a limit to what can be learned, but it's still different from infinite because otherwise we're having this thing like you know that made Randy's teacher. He's him, <laughs> and all the students. Yeah, shame him. him. Shame him. Yeah. Which is to say, scar it, him. Alive. It's like the base, the two basic things in all of, let's say, Western thought and Greek uh, theo- uh, philosophy is you can't, you know, X can't equal not X. So no, no n- contradiction. And mm-hmm. then you also are trying to avoid infinite regress, you know? And so, <laughs> right. and right. so if, so turtles all the way down. How do, you, how do you avoid, how do you, how as a Mormon, can you avoid infinite regress? You can't. But try. 
Do you think anybody <laughs> well, the, listening the to Macaulay? I, I don't under, like. What do you mean by infinite regress? So the God had a God, and then and then grew up on a world that where God, you know, and that who where that God had been. The plan of salvation is a constant thing that's continuously happening, and so that God that was God's God, you know, his his heavenly Father was a dweeb on some planet who had a God who was his it's heavenly father. And, go, and so but, far, but, but yeah, the, the snake eating itself. But why is that something that even has to be avoided? Yeah, the infinite regress. regress. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why is infinite regress bad? Where does it start? <laughs> okay. So there's, why there's does there theory, have to be a start? There's a theory that the earth is held up by a turtle. Well, what's holding up that turtle? Well, it's another turtle. Another well, what's turtle. holding up that turtle? Well, it, I mean, it's another turtle. Well, <laughs> what's holding up that down. turtle? It's turtles all the way down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but what's at the bottom of the turtles? Okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asserting that you can't believe in infinite regress. I'm saying that that's just the basis of all of Western logic. <laughs> in other words, that all, ever, ever, for the past 2,500 years, avoiding, you know, that you can also, but you could also assert that X equaling not X is not a problem. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, a thing, you know, you can have mutual contradictions. So you can say uh, that. You but know, but, but, but hang on, hang on. Let, let, not, let, me, let me take a stab at this, because if, if X can never equal non X and X is existence. So existence can never equal non-existence. But you're right. saying that the, the regression fallacy or whatever we're calling it. I forget the, the, the word. There has to be a start. There has to be a point where there was no existence. There has to be that bottom turtle. There can't always just be existence. But if there's existence and there's always existence, why is that inconsistent with X always has to equal X? There just always has been. We're the one that are, that are superimposing this idea that there has to be a beginning. There had to be a point so the, where there was nothing. So why the, is that? Uh, the, option, the, the options that the Greeks give are either a thing is eternal and in other words, it doesn't have a beginning and it doesn't have an end, or that all things that have a beginning have an end. So if you want to assert that um, God started somewhere, then God isn't going to be infinite and, it isn't go- and God isn't going to be eternal. God is going to end. So God That's- can't have a God. He's, there, there can either be one God and he's always existed, or there are a lot of gods and they all live and die in some way, or they all right, start. Which is, which is normal, all, normal Mormon doctrine. But, but, but Conkey is asserting that normal Mormon doctrine is a heresy. Because he's <laughs> saying that, that the idea that God is, is done, you know, progressing, or I mean, in other words, he's saying God is omnipotent. So what he's trying to say is that the normal Mormon doctrine that, that the, of progression isn't the case because God has now achieved infinity. But the problem so with that a, is... He had a start, and now he gets to infinity. And so if the we all is, can become like gods, then that's very problematic, because then what does that say about God? And then we say, well, he's a special God, and then don't, don't do the multiple gods theory. He's the God that's always existed, and we're the little gods. But then it's like, oh, well, that's not as good. Then I can't be like, God, really? No, no, you can, but not the big God, the little... And then it's just like, Bleh. which one do you want? Do you want the little God version of, of Mormon reality or the big God one where you're the little God? Like, it, it doesn't compute. You have to pick a weakness you somewhere. Pick one or the other, yeah. 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 The, Mormonism, Mormonism, Glenn, Mormonism introduced the problem with this idea of eternal progression and that God's like we can become gods. So that means our God was once like us. Well, that, that, that implies a beginning of that guy's, you know, journey. Uh, And he couldn't have gotten to where he was without his own God. Right. 
and then I before that, I still don't understand what the problem is with that. Like, then where? So that's that's what it's God. always been. No, there's, no, no. There's always God, been. It's always been since when? No, no. God doesn't have always. a beginning or an end. When? <laughs> yeah. When? What? What theology says Mormon God has a, has a beginning? Yeah. Uh, because I don't, I don't, theology I, I don't of, think it does. He was once like a man. Yeah, that's the problem. So that's what John is identifying. We have two conflicting theologies. One well, is that God is is forever, beginning, alpha, omega, okay. never. Wait, 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 wait. The 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 Mormon doctrine is that intelligence is eternal, and and intelligence has no beginning or end. And this is so the God was sermon that he's saying. What? So God was once a tiny little budding intelligence, and was not always got the God that we know of and think of now. Yes, and worship. Yeah. And, and the, like, like what Joseph Smith taught in the King Follett sermon, which McConkie's calling into question here, uh, Joseph taught that there were these eternal intelligences and God was the greatest among them and advanced to this point and then wanted to bring all the others to advance with them. And, I, you know, so, right. so it, it was never that there was no God. It was that there was these intelligences and there's this eternal evolution, which is consistent with that's not true. Terrestrial evolution. What's not no, true? No, no, no. Abraham uh, distinguishes Jesus as the greatest among them, not Elohim himself. Elohim was already a god. <laughs> well, that's a different. It was a different. That was. It was a different group of people that he was looking at. This, this, I know, but Elohim was already a fully formed god. Right. And he at this uh, point. came across a cluster in the universe of intelligences that were just aimlessly screaming through the universe. Like tadpoles. And he's like. They're like they're like clay that I can mold into uh, gods like me, and he noticed some were greater than the others, especially Jesus. And but, there were many but noble. Still, you have the problem of how how did God get to be God to grab this cluster of intelligences? Well, he went through the same process that you can go through. I don't know why you're having a hard time understanding the regression problem. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm understanding regression. I'm not understanding why it's a problem. It, it was never a problem for me as a believer. It, it's it's not a problem for me as going, a non-believer. It's going back in time to infinity. So in other words, there was no beginning because, infinity, because it continuously regresses back infinitely, right? And so in other words... How does it, what's the start of that? What, what, does, what does science tell us about like what existed before the universe did? We don't there was know. A sing, there was a singularity. Yeah. Right? Science is really humble about it. They don't and know. It, <laughs> <laughs> and they admit it. Well, well, but it's also not saying it's impossible. But they don't fill in the blanks with a bunch of bullshit and say, you have to be obedient and submit to my will and believe this. I just don't understand why it's a problem. I compartmentalized it. I thought that they were two conflicting doctrines. Even I wouldn't have admitted it as a believer, but I always kind of went back and forth with big G God and little G God and the two existing at the same time where one is like has a beginning, but I hope doesn't have an end because that's eternity even though eternity means that there was no beginning either so then was i already a god before this life no wait well then what and when i'm a god there was a start to it but why wouldn't there be an end like there's a there's a paradox there you don't see it but but okay so but also now you're calling into question linear time which is that something that is even real or is that something that is just an <laughs> illusion for us now and we don't have to get all like, I, like i've been watching these brian green fabric of the cosmos nova things he's got one about time mm. it's just mind-blowing but so I, you know i don't know but that's but we can go back to mcconkie that's that's awesome you know, you, Glenn, that you're like defending <laughs> mormon doctrine with like 
such gusto. Nova channel. <laughs> I, I'm not defending it. I'm telling you, I never saw it as a problem. No, but you're TBMing it pretty it. well. Well, Glenn, here's here's the metaphor I used to use as a as a believer, and this is why I didn't have a problem with it. Was I would say we are linear beings with linear brains. We have a birth and a death. Right. We can only think of things as beginning and end. Right. But but look at a, look at your wedding ring. Pull it out. Oh, you know, I love finger this it. One. Yeah. Where's the ah, beginning? Where's, where's the beginning? My wedding ring. Where's the beginning and where's the end to my ring? Here, I'll pull mine out for you. That's it. very Joseph Smith of you. That's very he King did, Follett He did discourse. that in the, in the King Follett discourse. He there is that. no beginning and there is no end to this. He was wearing like 37 rings on his finger. <laughs> <laughs> One for each, each yeah. uh, uh, under, underage girl. That I don't oh, yeah. He's, he's like, where do these end? And Emma came up. So I'll show you where it ends. And <laughs> <laughs> I went an hour and a half without pulling this out, by the way. All right. <laughs> I need it now. Yeah. yeah, I need it now. Glenn was really frustrating me there. <laughs> That's all good. Sorry, I'm not trying to frustrate you. Uh, with that, I mean, well, there's other times where I am, but in that one, I wasn't. We're talking like how circles don't have beginnings and ends, and Glenn's like, but what if it's a pretzel? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fabric of space time is a pretzel. <laughs> it's a pretzel. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think what I would do is I would turn your ring on its side and go from one side to another as a beginning and an end. But if you trace it all around, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's kind of like who who is that guy? The ham guy, the Ken Ham. It's kind of like a creation museum. Yeah, you know, like okay, we're 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 into Ken Ham territory here. I surrender. I don't know. Humans are riding dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, well, sometime between, in other words, we can just say here, sometime in the last two point five 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 billion years, (laughs) a a a finite Uh schlub has become infinitely powerful, <laughs> present, and knowledgeable because there's now, you know, it's not just a limit as it's approaching infinity, infinity. <laughs> you forgot, uh, you forgot omnibeneficent. He's also all good. Yes. And omni judging too is one of the, one of the characteristics that he's already <laughs> he also listed. So. He did. He did list it. Omni judging. So. <laughs> With mercy. You know, to to McConkie's credit, Omni Mercy, (laughs) Omni Judging. (laughs) As we discuss this, I feel like I I need to like back up and be like, whoa! I'm sorry. He's as good as anyone. He's trying really hard to be like intellectual in a way, even though he's one of the people who says, "Ooh, don't be intellectual, Mormons." But this is like this is Mormon intellectualism, isn't it? This is yeah. I mean, the fact that he brought out that number two point five 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 billion. Is showing that he's like he's like giving he's giving a little bit of lip service to science. We, we <laughs> use numbers too. Yeah, we we understand old time, <laughs> geological time. We we're not nothing. we're not fucking we're not fucking idiots here. <laughs> All right, let let's let let's wrap this up and put a pin in it, and then come back to us at a later time because we've been recording for like an hour and a half, and I it's fun, but I don't want to like. <laughs> dead horse too much uh but but so we, the the heresy that we've been reading ends with this s- sentence um yeah. if god is just dabbling with a few truths he has already chance to learn or experimenting with a few facts he has already discovered we have no idea as to the real end and purpose of creation so, I mean, his whole reason for going into all of this detail with heresy one is he, 
He's really worried that people are taking this eternal progression thing to think that God might have flaws. And if God has flaws and the apostles are representing a flawed God, then the apostles are going to be flawed too. And people might not believe them and do what they say and obey them. And we can't have that. We cannot have that. So this is a deadly, deadly heresy to the authority of the hierarchy. So it's a logical contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. So if everything is infinity, then God went from finite to infinity. And so he's saying he's already got infinity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, or, okay, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. So, and I if mean, you believe anything different than this, then we're all fucked. Cause he's, he's, he's essentially, he's essentially identified, you know, this fatal flaw with the, with, uh, progression doctrine yeah and is, but he his attempt at addressing it is just sort of muddying the waters like i think i think as an apostle and with the rhetorical questions and his probably the tone and the way he said it in the room i, I don't know that anyone's probably like analyzed it to this degree uh like we're doing because what well, would be the point you just sort of hear the flowery words and walk away with like whoa yeah what he said what did he say i don't know eternity though well, look, we can we can still say God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all those kind of things, right? So. Yeah, and so, existed forever and is perfect. Yeah, and all good stuff. So, so we actually took an hour and a half to get through one of seven heresies. <laughs> it's a long intro. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's a long intro, and we we were having fun, so that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And you know what? We're going to do more of this. We'll finish. Uh, we'll see how long it takes us to get through the other six of the seven deadly heresies. Uh, and uh, keep doing these smackdowns and keep doing Infants on Thrones for those of you that want to keep listening to Infants on Thrones. And if you'd like to support Infants on Thrones, please do. Remember, I lost my job last July. This is kind of now what I'm doing for a living. And so you can help. You can help a lot, actually, um, with with just a little bit. Because there's so many of you, if you each give just a little bit, this could be something that I do for real. Uh, whereas right now, it's a, a nice, fun hobby that I get a little bit from. I can pay utility bills, that sort of thing. But I can't really make a living out of Infants on Thrones. And maybe I never will be able to make a living out of Infants on Thrones. But if you support us on Patreon, maybe we could make something like that happen. Or I, I can at least do it long enough that uh, you know it's making a difference in my life and I can use my time for this sort of thing which I enjoy and you enjoy so a couple bucks a month Patreon whatever you can handle please think about it sign up and uh, we'll do this again soon Hey that is Claudia in Welv in Norge Did you know that infants on thrones in Norwegian are called spädbarn på troner Du kan kommentera den episoden på nettsidan infantsonthrones.com. Och visst du liker det du hör, ge kvarme fem stjärnor och skriv en kort anmälan på iTunes. Det har jag gjort. For all you non-Norwegian speakers out there, you can comment on this episode on infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five star rating in iTunes. Är det någon som vill avsluta med bön? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Pachi the Bear and Jasper were sitting by an unlit fire in the center of the room. There are no more righteousness, said Jasper. 